Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, as we pick up where we were last week and what God is doing in our church. I had no idea the Holy Spirit was going to move like he did last Sunday. My goodness, what a mighty outpouring of the Lord's Spirit in the services. Both services, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, the power of God was just so present here, and it was so amazing. And then Sunday night, we came together. If you were not here Sunday night, I am just sorry for you. It was Heritage Night, and man, it was awesome. We had a come on up choir. I mean, we announced, y'all come on up, like they used to do back in the day. And the choir loft was full. We started singing Victory and Jesus and every other old hymn you could think of, I'll Fly Away. And we, People were having a grand old time. The power of God was moving. People were about ready to shout in the aisles. And then Brother Pastor James got up and preached the house down. Gary and I both coined the exact same compliment, having not even spoken to each other. If you were here, you know what I'm talking about. We said, man, he was a preaching machine Sunday night. Wasn't he? Didn't he do a great job? Amazing. But it was Heritage Night. It was a night where we talked about our heritage. We're proud of our heritage here at Stratford Heights Church. We're 103 years old. I love our heritage. I love where we've come from. I, I've been over to Auburn Street. I've, been, I've stood on that front porch where the Morsons lived. And, and I've looked and wondered what it would have been like to have been there 100 years ago. You know, what, would have, what was going through their minds? What, did they know that they would one day be responsible? That little front porch was going to foster and bring the fruit of a 1,300-member church 103 years later still alive and well in a community like this. It's amazing. Do you think they had any idea? When I think about the, the first pastors and the first few years when they were running 25, 30, maybe 40, 50 people, I wonder if they had any idea that we'd be packing out three services on Sunday, but two morning services particularly. You ought to see what's happening at 9 o'clock. They're in competition with you. We got a great crowd at 9 o'clock. It's like it gets bigger every week. And it's like you used to be the big shot service, but now it's like they're going, mm -mm, we are here. And they are like having a good time filling up the pews, having church. It's amazing. God's doing great things. I told you already, the greatest, biggest pre-registration for BBS. We got kids packed down there. Youth group on Tuesdays packed every night. God is blessing the church. And it's because I believe we're at this place where we're staying and getting on track with what Jesus wants for us. And I believe last Sunday was something significant and important because we are staying on track with the vision that started this church. I see Molly back there. Your great-great-grandparents, all that, all the, they were part of that. Stuart, amazing that we, 103 years later, we still have family. The original family is what I call them. God has blessed this church because I believe it stayed true to the vision, the vision that Jesus gave, and that was Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission. And, and when he gave us that vision in the Word of God, every other pastor, every other church, every other ministry has to go through, filter through that vision that Christ gave in order for us to move forward and be successful. I've told you, 10,000 churches close a year. 1,500 pastors leave the ministry a month. We're looking at all these things, and we, those, those things, I, I look at them, and I, I can't judge it. I don't question it. I don't know what happened, but I know this. I know we're hanging on 
with all we've got because what we know is that if they build this thing on Christ, the gates of hell won't prevail against it. It'll stand through the tornadoes and the hurricanes and the wars and all the depressions. And, and when the Republicans and the Democrats are fighting, we'll still be standing when it's all said and done. Because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. And that truth, that awesome vision, God, he gives it to us in his word. He says in Proverbs 29 and 18, I won't preach anymore. I'll just read scripture and let you sit down. But it says, and you know it, where there is no vision... Say it again. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Habakkuk, the writer, the prophet, who had been complaining to God, had been crying out to the Lord, saying, Lord, what are you going to do? Man, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. God, what, what do we do? They've turned their back on you. And he says, I will stand on my watch. And that's me, that's you. And set myself on the rampart, on the guard post. And watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Because we always know God is going to come along when we whine and complain and he's going to correct us, right? He does me every time. I've never had God say, oh, wow, you're right. Wow, Pastor Ray, I'm going to sit down with Gabriel and we're going to have to talk about this. I'll get you a memo later. But boy, we sure think we know how to tell God, don't we? We think we know how to tell him. But he said, Habakkuk was so smart, he said, and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But the end it will speak and it will not lie. It will be exactly as the Lord has said. Though it tarries, wait for it because surely it will come and it will not be delayed. God's answer, vision, for the church, for you, for me. God will always come through. Can I get an amen? Lord, bless your word. Speak to us today through your Holy Spirit in the few minutes that we have. In Christ's name, amen. You may be seated. Times and methods have changed. We don't look nothing like we did back in 1915. We have the hairstyles are different. The cars are different. The way we do church is different. Everything is different. But one of the things I've noticed down through time is we look at the history books and we look at, at the things that have kept, we've kept and we've been able to look back on. Yeah, Betty Tunnel years ago put together a beautiful historical record of our church and included all kinds of photos and documents and it's amazing. We look back through that and we see that while times and methods have changed, the message is what's preserved this church. The message of Jesus Christ, the gospel, that's what's preserved us. And as we look to that vision in, in Matthew chapter 28, the great commission that Jesus left the church. And as I said, our visions today, our vision statements, our mission statements for the church must come through the filter of Jesus' great commission. He says it, and I'll read it to you again in Matthew 28 and 19. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. That's known as the Great Commission. Our series, this that we're covering right now, is about understanding what the power is of vision, about having the need for vision 
Churches that become country clubs. Churches that become social orders. Churches that become ineffective and close their doors in the course of a year or ten. Those people have lost track of what God and his word has set forth as a vision for the church. I believe the power of vision will preserve us. It will protect us until Jesus comes. I'm believing that this church, at least on my watch, while I'm at the guard post, I'm going to watch and see what he will say to me. And we're going to write the vision and make it plain so that those who read it can run. Listen, the enemy is out to destroy. The Bible says to kill, steal, and destroy. He works especially well at telling lies. He loves to deceive people. And a lot of the people, now listen, this is just the way it is. And I'm just telling the truth. Everyone out in the world that is not trusting God, that has heard the gospel message and has rejected that message, those people are ignorant. They're not smart. I'm sure they think they are. They're not smart. The trust in the power of God alive in the earth is a message of rescue. It's a message of salvation. It's a message of eternity. It's a message of a God who loves us recklessly. And this power, this, this love that's at work in the world, do you know that statistics, I just went and looked these up. Christianity is still the number one religion in the whole world. Christianity, there are 2.1 billion Christians. People who name the name of Christ and declare that they are Christians. Their second biggest, largest religion in the earth is Islam, Ishmael's group. 1.3 billion people. So we see Ishmael and Isaac are still at it. The third, you might say, um, is it Hindu? Is it Hare Krishna? Is it Mormons? What is the third largest religious order in the earth? They, you, you would be surprised that they even call themselves a religion, that it's atheism. The third. One Point one billion people claim to be atheists. People need the Lord. People need the message of the church as never before. 2.1 billion. 2.1 billion, that's twice the amount of people who have the light, who've been called out of darkness, sit around most of the time and fuss about religion, don't they? When technically we ought to be united together in one purpose, under one vision. And as I've been praying about our church and where are we and what are we doing and what's our goal and what is our ministries about and how will we be effective and how will we bypass you know, the churches that have closed their doors and the preachers that leave the ministry, how do we bypass those things? And I just keep coming back to the song we sang earlier, Jesus is the answer. Jesus 
the rock. Jesus, the one who builds the church. We stay focused on his vision, his word, what he's put together, the formulas he's given us in his word. And I believe with all of my heart, when we came in prayer and we really felt that God was leading and guiding and we studied vision and what God was speaking over our church, we came up with these four things. And these four points are the vision for our church. We started talking about them last Sunday and we're going to continue this Sunday. I'm starting with the, the few minutes that I have, talking about embracing God. I know I mentioned it last week, but the Lord gave me a whole new insight, and I want to give it to you very quickly. But I want to tell you, our church, long story short, is that we are centered around these four. I believe this is what will help us to be a fired up, Holy Ghost filled, holy righteous church, a bride of Christ when he comes for his people. I believe this is the church that will go up in the rapture of the church. I believe this is the church that will hear the trumpet sound. I believe with all of my heart that there is a formula from God's word, the vision that comes from God. He said, write the vision, make it plain so that those who read it can run, be successful, win the prize. And that's us. And so when we look at those four points, I'm telling you, and our pastors have talked about it, all of our ministries, Everything that we do in this church, it will fall under one of these four points. If it doesn't fall under one of these four points, it's a waste of our time. I believe we've narrowed down the mission, the vision of our church in these four points. We will not go outside of them. Don't come and offer me, say, oh, we want to we do a new ministry. It doesn't really fit in any of those. It's something else. No. No. Not interested. We're going to stay focused here so that when the trumpet sounds, Stratford Heights has got a house full of people at every service. And we're continuing to bring the message alive, the message that has preserved us through depression, through the crashes of the stock market, through Vietnam War, Korean War, through the World War I and World War II. We're still standing when it all comes through terrorism. We're still standing today because I believe we've got the favor and the hand of God on this church to come through it all. And when the enemy has done his best, we will still be standing because we are a church built on the rock. Christ Jesus. Amen. Habakkuk felt the same way. He got the God answer. Write the vision. Make it plain so those who read it can run. For the vision is for an appointed time. God's got a plan. And then if you read on down a few verses later in Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 20, he says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. He says, I see God moving across the deserts from Edom, the Holy One coming from Mount Paran. His brilliant splendor fills the heavens, and the earth is filled with His praise. His coming is as brilliant as the sunrise. Rays of light flash from His hands where His awesome power is hidden. God's answer for the earth. It's in Him. So as we look at these things and we know I have a dream myself that we will be more effective, more impactful, that we will see more salvations, more baptisms, we will see more servants, that we will see more work for the harvest. We won't have to pray, Lord, send more volunteers to help with the light kit project. Because we'll be like they were in Moses' day when Moses had to get up before the people and said, hey, the priests say you've given more than enough. Read it in Exodus. He said, you've given more than we need. Stop giving. 
Imagine walking in on a Sunday morning to a church on fire with the vision and the power of God's Holy Spirit, His work in the earth, and for the pastor to have to get up and say, stop your giving. I would love it. I would love it. We have too much. We're too blessed. We've met all the needs. We're just stacking it up in the corners over here. Gold on every corner. Stop your giving. God help us to believe him for that kind of mentality that says, my God can do anything, anything, anything. we have the kind of mentality that he wants us to build a church with, we will be the bride of Christ. And when he comes knocking, we won't have to run out to try to put oil in our lamp. Our lamps will be trimmed and burning. And when he knocks, we'll answer to the groom. I'm ready. I'm wanting this with all of my heart. For us to be what he's intended us to be. And it all begins right here. Embrace God. You notice I didn't put it down here. It isn't like do all this and then we get God. No, it's get God. Then you do all this. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Embrace God. Know God for yourself. Half the problem with the world and the ignorance of them not knowing Christ is that they have not sought him out to know if he's real or not. They haven't found out that he is living, breathing, that he's alive and well, and he speaks to you in the early morning. He, that they don't know that he's a powerful, mighty God that is there when you wake up in the morning, and he's there when you lay your head on your pillow at night. They don't know that they can embrace the love and the power and the reckless love of Almighty God. But I know in this verse of Scripture, and I'm taking you to Psalm 91 for embrace God. Look at Psalm 91 if you have your Bible, and I'm going to... I'm only going to get started. I'm going to like encapsulize everything in a few minutes. The secret place. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Embrace God. I believe that embracing God is all found in one in verse 2. Verse 1, verse 2 of that scripture passage. I believe we can see it all right there embrace God. And can I tell you this? It isn't the world. It isn't the Senate. It isn't the politics. It isn't scientists. It isn't schooling. It isn't all of those things. The doctors and psychiatrists, none of them have it all together. I'm telling you, the only safe place to be in the whole universe is in the embrace of God. In the embrace of God. These two verses say it loudly and clearly. The secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of who, is, who God is, the Almighty. His name can be trusted. His character can be trusted. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Okay, I started looking at all the different ways the writer here was sharing with us about God. He was describing God's character and, and, and he was letting us know about this relationship that we can have with God. And it starts out with he who dwells in the secret place, the prayer closet, that place of relationship, that place of beautiful rec recognition, and that place where we, he knows us and we know him. He who dwells in the secret place 
of the Most High. Now you look up the word Most High, and that name for God, that characterization of God is Elyon. It means the possessor of heaven and earth. The possessor of heaven and earth. I'm reminded of the power I live in as I abide, as I dwell, as I tarry, as I sit in, as I hang out with, as I remain in the presence of Almighty God in the secret place. Every need in my life is met. Ephesians 1 and 3, bless be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. The psalmist encouraged himself he knew that he would be delivered no matter what enemy attacks him, no matter what comes against him because his father is the most high. He said he started out with, I know he is above all. He's above every trial. He's above every storm. He's above every enemy plot. He is all in all the possessor of heaven and earth. He owns it all. And there is nothing or no one that can, that can stand against him. The devil tries to scare us. He tries to be the boogeyman. He tries to make us think there's some powerful fight between him and God. But how many of you know when Jesus cried out, it is finished, the enemy ran in fear because it was over in that very moment and it's going to be over completely when he is cast in to the lake of fire which burns forever and not by Jesus, not by the Father, not by the Holy Spirit, but they're going to snap their fingers and one of the angels is going to do it because he's already beat. I said he's already beat. Amen. The most high, Elyon. The one who gives power to the weak, to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and never faint. This is the power of the one who possesses heaven and earth. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I went looking for Almighty. What does that mean in the Strongs? What the Almighty? My natural guess and yours would be the Almighty. I rest under the shadow of the Almighty. But we already know he's the possessor of heaven and earth. And the Almighty means he must be powerful, strong. But no, look at it. He, we, he already gave us the most high. He's above it all. Owner, possessor of heaven and earth. But it says, shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. Hit almighty. I got it on a computer, so I double-clicked the word almighty. And it comes up and it says, Shaddai. And it says, great grace. He's over it all. And underneath are his everlasting arms of great grace. I'm sandwiched between his power, his ownership, and his grace. But it doesn't stop there. It says, I will say of the Lord, the Lord, capital L, capital L, capital L. That, that means it's going back to the word if you look in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 1, Abraham knew him as this almighty God, the Lord, capital L. It was a title that was given to him that meant Yahweh, Jehovah, 
And when we consider that he's now saying he's the possessor and the owner of heaven and earth. And underneath you are covered and you abide in, in the shadow of his almighty great grace. And then he says, I will say of the capital L, Lord, Yahweh, Jehovah, the covenant keeping God, the promise keeping God, the one that is infinite, the self-existent one. The one who is holy and just and true and gracious and faithful and never changes who was and is and is to come. All wise, all knowing, everywhere present. He is Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Shalom, my peace that follows after me. Jehovah Sitkanu, the justifier. Jehovah Shammah, the God who is forever near and present. And Jehovah Nisi. The God who conquers my every enemy. He's Jehovah. He's Jehovah. Wow, are you getting it? This is the God. Why do we serve him so mamby-pamby? Why do we serve him so wishy-washy? Why do we walk around like we are something so incredibly special? I'm telling you, we are humble and broken before a mighty God who is owner and possessor of heaven and earth, who is underneath I rest in the shadow of his great grace. And by the way, I will say of the Lord, that Lord who is everything I am, he is the great I am the one that takes care of me, no matter what enemy, no matter what circumstance, no matter what I need in my life. He's Jehovah. He's Yahweh. If you could just know his name. And he goes on. He says, my God. And then you go look that one up. Double click it when you get home. Double click my God. And it says Elohim. It says, in the beginning, God. And in the end, God, the author, the finisher of my faith, the one who starts it and the one who finishes it, the one who's in charge of it all, the one who is the creator, he is the one, the sustainer, he is the one who is in control, sovereign, and on the throne forever. Look at the descriptions of our God, all in two verses. And what's awesome, and I'll close with this, 25 pages, I'm closing with page 5. <laughs> But look at verse 3. What does it say? He says, after he says, I will say of the Lord, capital L, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, owner of it all, sovereign. In him I will trust. Then the very next verse, you teachers will like this or you won't because the transition is kind of confusing for people. Especially teachers over English. The next verse says, He will deliver you. He changes from I to you. He turns around and says, I will say of the Lord. He's my refuge and my fortress. My God. And I've had an encounter where he is the owner and the possessor of it all. And I rest into the shadow of his great grace. And I have found him to be the Lord, capital L, the creator, the sustainer, the sovereign, just God, Jehovah, in all those areas. And he's my God. He's sovereign and in control and on the throne forever. And then he says, and he will deliver you. He says, 
I've experienced it, and it didn't happen just for me. It happened for you too, Grace. Happened for you too, Lori. No matter what you've gone through this week, it's there for you. He's the deliverer. He's the sustainer. He's the comforter when you need comfort. He's the great grace when you need great grace. He's the power that'll bring deliverance. He's the one that'll feed your children. He's the one that'll take care of you. If you need peace, he's peace. If you need deliverance, he's the deliverer. If you need healing, he's the healer. If you need any of those things, he is Jehovah. He is the great I am. He is the owner of it all, the author, the finisher. He is all in all. He's God. The greatest thing you'll ever do in the mission and vision of our church is learn how to embrace God. That's why we make it a number one priority when we're in the worship to give the Lord time to move in the service. That's why many times you'll see us take our cute little order, cratch it all up, and throw it out in the middle of the altar because we have made a priority in this church. And it's not for religion. It's not for denomination. It's not for people, for the rich or for the poor. It's for God Almighty. We will embrace God. We'll embrace him. We'll know him. We'll experience him. And as we've experienced him, you will know it too. Oh, I feel him. Stand with me. I found this, and I don't know, it may help somebody. It's called I Am. It says, I was regretting the past and fearing the future. Suddenly, my Lord was speaking. He said, my name is I am. He paused. I waited. He continued. He said, when you live in the past with its mistakes and regrets, it is hard because I'm not there. He said, my name is not I was. Just when you live in the future with its problems and your fears, it's hard because I'm not there. He said, my name is not, I will be there. He says, but when you live in the moment, when you live in the present, he said, it's not hard because I'm here. He said, my name is I am. And when we understand that, being present, being I am, means he'll be there tomorrow. And he was there in the past, but he always was present. He doesn't live in time. He lives above it. He just is. And he always will be. So you can trust him. You will not fail. You will not get to heaven and say, Wow, you know, trusting God, that was quite a risk. You'll be glad you did. You'll be glad that you did. When you get your eyes off your problems and off people and you quit making people your religion. Oh, mm, don't say that. When you get your eyes off people and you quit making them your religion and you realize it's embracing God. It's going to set you free. You're going to shout, and it, you won't matter. Your enemies will come up and pluck your eyebrows out. They'll slap you on one side of the face, and you'll just say, I'll make sure I match because you made this one red, so make this one red too. Wow. 
You will be so set free when you get your mind off of earthly things. You get your mind out of the earthly, fleshly things that destroy your faith, destroy your confidence, give you insecurity, make you sad, make you lonely, make you whine and complain and live as a victim. When you get out of that mentality and you get back to this number one principle, embrace God, embrace I am, embrace the one who owns it all, embrace the one where you live, you exist in the shadow of his almighty great grace. The one who is Jehovah, the one who is Yahweh, the one who is the Lord, who is Elohim. When you rest in him, it sets you free to shout and to dance and to go out and be fruitful and minister the calling that he's placed on the life of that one that will live for him, do or die. When you understand that principle and we multiply that by 1,300 members, this church is going to explode. Liz, I loved it. I will, if I could have given you a prize or a bouquet of flowers, I would have. When you Sunday night came up here and you said, okay, now, you heard what Pastor said. He wants us to know this. And so everybody did it. Let's do it right now. Ready? Say it out loud. There's one for those on that side. Number one, what's it say? Embrace God. Connect with one another. Pursue growth. Serve the world. I loved it when you did that. Because if, wait till we get to these others. We just got one done you take that one and you embrace God in your life and it's going to turn you upside down and the rest is going to come easy the rest will come easy every head bowed, every eye closed if you're here today, you need Jesus you've not made him your Lord and your Savior but you need to pray a prayer to receive him as your Lord you need to be saved today, forgiven of your sins if you're here and you need to pray that prayer if he came right now you wouldn't move you wouldn't go you wouldn't even hear the trumpet. If you need to be saved, your hand up and right back down real quick. We're going to pray a prayer right where you're standing, but I need to know who I'm praying with. Who are you? Is anyone? Anyone at all? All right. It's all right. With a house full of saved people, then we're going to be turned upside down by 2 o'clock. So we pray now. We pray for one another. We pray that God touch us to center our ministries, our goals, on those four points that keep us on track and keep us in vision. God's vision for a church alive. Father, we come to you. We honor you. We thank you. We ask you to be with us, to touch your people. Touch us as a church, me as a pastor, our fellow pastors on staff. Touch all of us together, God, to get behind and to get a burden for these four points that will lead and guide us into your second coming. Touch this church to be powerful in our community, to make an effect as never before. God, not that we're a good church and we have a good choir and we have good classes and good ministries, but, Lord, that we are a place that reflects the image of God Almighty to the earth that is starving and thirsty and hungry for the words and the truth. I pray that you would touch us today, minister by your power and might, lead us into an everlasting, confident way that we will be anointed, God, to bring people out of the darkness of sin into the light of salvation and raise them up to be men and women of God, warriors for your throne. 
We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, and we are excited because now we believe you are the one leading. You're the one guiding. You're the one that's speaking to us, instructing us. So, Lord, we know we will see it. And so we are excited. We're happy and we're thankful. In the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless you. Rich. Amen. As you go today, we want to remind you again that uh, a couple of things. VBS starts tonight. Registration starts at 530. You can check in your kids. Also, if you're new to our church today or in the last few weeks, we want to invite you to our meet and greet. It's down the corridor here to the left into our bookstore. Pastor and staff would like to meet you. Also, if you are interested in helping uh, us install the LED light, that project, you will meet me and Marty right over here to the uh, left, your right, and uh, we would love to get your name, number, and we're going to get you signed up. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day. This week, all this week at night is VBS. Our normal schedule will kind of go by the wayside, but our uh, celebration with our kids will be in place of that. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.